All right, what's up, guys? Welcome back to the Rigos Rag Podcast. Ian Cummings here with Jacob Kamaker. Uh, just got done with Sadiq Charles Podcast. We're knocking him out in groups of two. We're now on to our next fourth rounder, Antonio Gandhi Golden. Not Golden Gandhi, Jacob. I know it's going to be tough for you to say it the right way, but uh, you got to hold it in. Uh, how are you doing? It's It's been a while, about about 12, 12 seconds. Yeah, it's been it's been a long twelve seconds. I am absolutely going to call him uh, Golden Gandy at some point by mistake, uh, but I'll, I'll I'll do my best. This is like my fourth podcast in the last twenty four hours, so uh, my brain may be a little fried. We'll see what happens. Oh, I think this is a big deal. Four podcasts in the last twenty four hours. Oh my goodness. No, I but I get it, man. I get it, and especially during the quarantine, you know, football is literally the only thing that can be on your mind because nothing else is going on. So. It's just how it is. Um, we're going to get into that. We're going to analyze them. But first, a quick word from our sponsors. Take it away. All right, we're back uh, with the Rigos Rag Podcast. Ian Cummings and Jacob Kamaker. Uh, last time we were with you, we were talking about Sadiq Charles, LSU offensive tackle. Uh, if you want to look at that, it's up on the site. Uh, but today we're talking about wide receiver out of Liberty, Antonio Gandy-Golden. Now, this was an interesting pick. We talked a little bit about our reactions, I think, right after the NFL draft. Let's just revisit that real quick. Jacob, I don't know about you. I was kind of like, I had a tepid feeling about this pick. An interesting word for this, but tepid. You know, like, I, I knew of I knew of the player. Um, I knew of his measurables and stuff like that. I wasn't super over the, over the hill for it. Um, I've kind of warmed up to it a little bit since then, though, uh, kind of looking into it. I want to know what what's the process been for you? Yeah, I kind of liked it right away. I've always been a little bit higher on uh, Gandy Golden than most. Um, I think that he has a nice skill set. And if you look at him play, yeah, he has some shortcomings. He, he doesn't separate well, but he's just so big. He's got these 6'4", 228 pounds, and he just knows how to attack the ball in the air. He has good soft hands. Um, he has a lot going for him. And even though he played at a lower level of competition, there was some buzz about him being a potential day two prospect. And I know some uh, some sites in the offseason uh, before the 2019 season had him as a potential first rounder. Obviously, that didn't pan out. But it just goes to show you that his ceiling is very high. Getting him in the late fourth round really felt like a great value for the Redskins. Like I would have had no qualms about them taking him in the fourth round with their first pick, or maybe even in the third round, maybe not as early as their third round pick was, but you know, um, I wouldn't have had qualms with Gandy golden going on day two. Yeah, for sure. Um, I, I hadn't done a ton of studying on him. I'd kind of focus my, my efforts on other receivers. I thought they might pick one earlier, maybe in round three, um, which they did. They picked Gibson, but he, again, he was kind of a hybrid, so that's kind of cheating. Uh, but um, I, I hadn't really watched a ton of, uh, of Gandy Golden, so admittedly, I didn't have a lot to go off of when he was picked. Um, but uh, yeah, and I think some sites did have him higher. Like I know Daniel Jeremiah, NFL.com, he, he wrote something. He said like, yeah, that was the best value pick of the fourth round on my board. He had him as a top 100 player. And then uh, Mark Jarvis for uh, What's On Draft, he's a draft analyst, uh, has a lot of cut uh, YouTube cut-ups on his website that you can watch film for. That's that's kind of my go-to. Uh, but uh, he, he had Gandy Golden as his sixth overall receiver uh, and graded him as a quality NFL starter. So some, some endorsements for sure. Some people who didn't have him as high because of his athleticism. He's an athletic guy, but we'll get into that. Um, my first impression was kind of kind of like you said, doesn't separate well. I think he separates well for his size, but doesn't separate well just in a zero-sum situation. 
like against other quicker receivers. But um, he's six foot four, two twenty eight, I think. So really good size. Um, he's a really good hands catcher, and and it mentioned on the scouting report in a few areas that he did have focus drops in twenty eighteen. But from what I watched in twenty nineteen, he really improved that. Um, he he really makes sure that he reels it into his body. He did have a few focus errors though. Like he, there was one catch in an, in the end zone that he kind of rolled over and dropped it. So can work on finishing the process on occasion and also had a few times where he jumped off sides but um definitely a lot to like there um I, I I really I really think he's a interesting player for this team especially when you consider the other guys that they have in their receiving core uh he's got height which kind of separates him but he he also kind of comes with a level of refinement and and a level of you know a, or a high floor we we, we mentioned that with Sadiq Charles and I think Gandy Golden has that as well and it can kind of help him in the early goings yeah I agree the high floor thing is big with Gandy Golden because at the very least if he has trouble separating at the next level he still has all the skills needed to be a great jump ball receiver and red zone weapon and that's something the Redskins really need because one thing they were lacking in their receiving core overall was just a a big tall target like they didn't have any they didn't have much proven talented tight end so I think Gandy Golden from that perspective filled a very very big year so uh, a very very big need rather um why, I, I why did you say year why did I say year yeah um I, I got a notification on uh, my phone <laughs> while that was happening um and I read the phrase 124 year history while I was saying that so um <laughs> year popped in my head I, I can't I can't look I'm having a focus drop moment like Andy Golden uh, <laughs> which he has cleaned up so obviously I have to clean them up a little bit too so uh definitely gonna work on that in the future uh but what what I saw with Gandy Golden playing I think he separates well on short routes um thought he had decent footwork at the line of scrimmage on uh slants all he needs is like a half step to be able to uh you know kind of box people out get short gains um, he did well on curl routes, settling against zone coverage, kind of stops on a dime, turns back, and yeah. it's really hard for corners to, uh, you know, make a play on him just because he's so big. They can't get around him, and if they tackle him too early, it's pass interference. So uh, I think the, the bigger issue with him is further downfield, he won't separate from his uh, defensive back, so he's going to have to be able to uh, out-jump them, which he can do for sure, um, but he, he just needs to uh, be able to continue to have those big, soft hands and uh, be able to out-physical more cornerbacks at the NFL. But I, I think he has this, the upside of a starter. I don't know if he'll be a starter right away in Washington, but I think at the very least he's going to be a top backup. Yeah, for sure. And um, one thing that you mentioned that really s- stood out to me uh, on this tape, like you said, curl routes especially and, and, and you know, comeback routes, he – he stops really quickly. You know, he's he's very jittery as a route runner. Like, I don't think he has elite, uh, you know, lateral agility. Um, but he's really good at pinching his route stem and coming back. You know, he's very quick when it comes to that. And, you know, we talked about it. He's not a top flight athlete. But I feel like people see the 4.6 speed and they assume that he's just kind of a, like a, a bad athlete, you know. But he had a 36-inch vertical. I think he had a broad jump well over 12 well well over 10 feet I think it was like 126 127 range in terms of inches which is really good that's like in the 90th percentile for receivers so he's explosive um and he can he can uh get a good jump off the snap he can jump up and 
vertically challenge corners and, and best them, which is really nice. And uh, also in terms of his downfield receiving, we talked about contested catches. Really love his body control. Like you can be a 6'4", 220 target, but if you don't know how to use your size, then you're not really a good red zone target. But Gandy Golden, I feel like he does. He's really good with body control and reeling in passes that are kind of outside his wheelhouse uh, and, and contorting to make sure that he's getting into the right position and using his hands to kind of seal the deal. So uh, still, still a work in progress always, but he showed tangible improvement in his final season with Liberty. Um, and one can only assume that the arrow will be pointing up. So uh, I'm, I'm definitely excited to see how he fares and really how Dwayne Haskins takes to him. Because Haskins, we, we saw last year, uh, really liked throwing to Kelvin Harmon down the stretch. Kind of a big physical guy on the outside who, who knew how to get open with the tools he had. And I think Gandy Golden factors in well there. But taking a look at the um, the roster, you know, the other guys out there, where would you kind of have Gandy Golden file in there? Because th- there's a lot of names, you know, behind Terry McLaurin and maybe Steven Sims. We don't even really know quite how high the coaching staff is on Sims as a slot receiver. Um, where would you kind of have Gandy Golden place in there? Because I feel like you could ask five different people, five different people, and have like five different answers. Because on one hand, he has the upside to eventually fill in on the boundary like right away, but on the other hand, he's a rookie coming into an un- kind of unstable situation, so you don't really know what to expect. Yeah, I think uh, I think we know two things about the receiving core in all likelihood. Terry McLaurin's going to be the number one receiver. That's a lock. Um, and the other thing that we can kind of assume is Steven Sims Jr. is going to be the slot guy. Um, given how much this new coaching staff values versatility and Sims' ability to work out of the backfield and as a slot receiver, I think they're going to find ways to use him and Antonio Gibson together to really create confusion. Yeah. Um, I think the outside spot where Kelvin Harmon is kind of penciled in as the starter right now, that's where it's going to get interesting. I think you could have really any number of players emerging there. Um, Harmon has the edge right now because of his connection with Haskins late in the year, as you referenced. But I think Gandy Golden could give Harmon a run for his money. They're both kind of similar players. Uh, They're not exactly the same. Harmon is known a little bit more for making acrobatic catches, but he's a little smaller than Gandy Golden. Um, He's not, in my opinion, not quite as good at separating as Gandy Golden. Um, But, you know, he has a a nice skill set, and when he has the ball in his hands, he can do a lot. And, you know, the catch radius factor for both is pretty great. So I think one of them ends up being the starter on the outside. Edge to Harmon right now, but Gandy Golden, I think, has more long-term upside. Uh, But, you know, you look at some other guys in this receiving core and possibly make noise. You and I both like Emmanuel Hall, who was an undrafted free agent last year. Um, I had a a mid-round grade on him. I thought he could have gone in the third round, but he fell due to maturity issues. But he has great size and athletic ability. And, uh, you know, depending on how things are with Cody Ladmer after he's been arrested, I mean, he he could potentially make an impact in the receiving core as a veteran. Um, I think the question is just what the fallout from his arrest will end up being. And, you know, there's some other guys on here, too. Um, I know Isaiah Wright's a popular undrafted free agent from this year that could make some noise. Um, But it'll be interesting to see how it plays out. But uh, right now, my thought process is it's going to be Harmon versus Gant Golden for that uh, final spot in the starting rotation. And I think the loser will end up being the uh, top backup on the outside. Yeah. 
Yeah, for sure. I think the one thing to take away from Gandy Golden and his situation is that, you know, amidst all this uncertainty, we talk about the options. Uh, we talk about Emmanuel Hall, Cody Latimer, you know, guys who you really don't know what to expect uh, when the roster kind of gets trimmed down. But I think Gandy Golden has enough security where he's going to be factored in on game day. You know, barring something unforeseen, I think they're going to, they drafted him in the fourth round because they think that he can add something in this receiving core that they didn't have, which is important for sure, especially when you're dealing with this, with these circumstances. Uh, I think the real question is just like how early to expect him to contribute because, you know, with the whole coronavirus outbreak uh, affecting the offseason programs and stuff like that, you know, Kelvin Harmon, we talk about it. I don't think Harmon is as explosive as Gandy Golden. Talking about that, I don't th- I don't think he's as athletic. But Harmon does have that season under his belt that Gandy Golden doesn't have. He has that experience. And that could prove to be the difference when they're kind of trying to um when the rookies are trying to adjust to the pace. So that'll that'll be interesting for sure. Um and Gandy Golden especially, because looking at his college career, both years he was in he was uh, at Liberty. I think he had over 70 catches, over 1,200 yards, over 10 touchdowns. So producing is something that's always come naturally to him. Now coming to the Redskins as a rookie, you know, that's not a given. So do you expect him to produce um, right away? Obviously not to the level that he produced in college, but what would you expect from him in his rookie season at this at this point right now? Yeah, I think, I think you're going to look at uh... – Sort of similar. We talked about this with Sadiq Charles a little bit. He may get on the, he may not get on the field right away, uh, but once he's out there, I, I assume that uh, he'll be able to reel in a couple catches a game. I, I kind of think he could have a similar path to Harmon if he doesn't get playing time earlier. Um, he'll get more later in the season and then could really start racking up some yards. But I, I think the package to watch for Gandy Golden is going to be how do they use him in the red zone? Do they bring him in to make some jump ball plays? Do they have him work over the middle of the field and just, uh, you know, use his body to box out uh, opposing defensive backs, catch the ball, and try to fall into the end zone? Because one thing he does is he he moves well with the ball in his hands, and he can kind of – he's a little bit elusive, but he also can run through people with strength. And I think that will be valuable uh, in those short yardage situations, maybe even off a a screen from the five-yard line. So I I think that's where he's going to do most of his damage. Uh, But I'd set the bar probably – around the 400-yard receiving mark um, if things go well for him. Um, the only thing I could potentially see him uh, holding him back is I don't know exactly what his special team's uh, ability is and uh, what the team is planning on doing there. But if, if he doesn't play much of a role on special teams, then uh, he may have to uh, sit out some games earlier in the season depending on how many receivers they can have active. But that's a very advanced concern and one that I should definitely uh, d- definitely direct to our special teams coordinator, uh, Nate Katzer. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And you, you mentioned it. I want to bring it up because I completely forgot. But his, his balance as a runner after the catch is definitely something that people don't talk about more often. Like, this guy is really tough as a runner after the catch. You know, he's not really – like I said earlier, I prefer guys who are faster who can kind of – use space get into space and elongate that space gandy golden really doesn't do that he's not a field stretcher but when he has the ball in his hands he's tough to bring down and hands tackles will not bring him down part of that's because of his frame part of that's because of just how he plays you know he's really physical 
he, he seeks out contact and he kind of drives through it. So he's really exciting in that regard. I saw one play against Buffalo where he caught the ball downfield and literally kind of dragged two defensive backs into the end zone with him, just kind of fighting through it. So really physical guy. That was fun to watch. And then also he's a good run blocker too, which I think will be important on this offense, especially when you're going to have blocking in different areas because Gibson and Sims might be running from places you don't expect. You're going to need everyone to be contributing on that level. So uh, that'll be interesting too. But I would agree with your assessment. I uh, don't want to commit to too much. I think 400 to 500 uh, is probably a good range, or 300, 400, um, especially with given all the uncertainty and the, all the factors uh, that are impacting the offense. Like we talked about it on the last podcast with Sadiq Charles. If Charles doesn't really pan out as well as you'd expect early on, then that's going to impact Wayne Haskins' performance, which is going to impact receiver production. So it all ties together. Uh, we'll see what happens. But I really like Gandy Golden after kind of learning more about the pick and kind of becoming more familiar with him as a prospect. Not really a top speed guy, but he wins with body control, with hands, uh, with focus, toughness, and just all that stuff. And he's pretty explosive for his size too. So a lot of good traits. I think I think a guy that we likened him to in our first podcast was Devin Funches, kind of a big guy who can use his size and knows how to get open for his traits. So um, it'll be interesting to see if Ron Rivera uses him like that and how Scott Turner kind of implements him with the rest of the uh, versatile offensive cast. So we will see. Um, I think we're almost done, but anything you wanted to add? Yeah, you mentioned Devin Funches, and we did talk about him as a comparison. I just want to bring up Lance Zerline's comparison to him. I read the NFL.com scouting report, yeah, and uh, he said Gandy Golden could be similar to Devontae Parker. Um, oh, wow. Yeah, so I don't quite see the athletic upside there, uh, but Parker has similar size, and without Adam Gase there to uh, kind of ruin everything in Miami on offense, uh, Parker has found a role and found a, a way to uh, make contested catches and, uh, you know, be, a, be kind of a big play threat, but not necessarily from a speed standpoint. So I think that's kind of the ceiling that we'd be looking at with uh, AGG here. Um, but I, I like the Funches comparison for now because I think he's uh, closer in explosiveness to Funches. Uh, Funches isn't the most explosive guy, but when he has the ball in his hands, he can make plays. So either way, the Redskins got a big receiver who can be productive, and uh, people like what they see when he plays. And he's, by all accounts, too. Like There were all these stories about him like being able to solve a Rubik's Cube in like less than 90 seconds, and he learned how to bowl like in a month was bowling 300. So um, I, th- I think they've got someone who's going to be a nice fit for this team overall from a needs perspective and for how he'll uh, impact the locker room too. I just think he's a, a smart guy, high character. Solved a Rubik's Cube in 90 seconds? God damn. He should have been a that, first rounder. I, I can't confirm or deny that, but there's <laughs> something about a Rubik's Cube and, and uh, Antonio Gandy-Golden. He should have been a first rounder, man. I'm calling it right now. <laughs> Steal the draft. <laughs> Oh my goodness. But yeah, I mean, floor level comp, or not floor level, but like mid-level comp, Devin Funches, high level comp, Devontae Parker. I mean, that's much more inspiring than I had originally intended, uh, had originally planned for with this guy. So the, the potential is definitely there. And we've seen guys succeed without the top end speed before. It helps to have it, but uh, if you can find a role that they can flourish in, and if you have a quarterback who's willing to give them chances, if they can capitalize on it, that's the biggest thing. So. I feel like that's what it takes because 
not a lot of receivers can make those contested catches, like 80-20 situations. I feel like with his traits, Gandy Golden has that upside. Not quite there yet, especially the NFL level, where defensive backs are going to be longer and more physical, but uh, can get to that point. And I think that enough of a foundation is there where you can kind of be excited about what he might do on the boundaries. So I think that's all we had for the Gandy Golden pod. So we're going to call it a day a little bit early. Uh, you guys can stay tuned. We'll have our next podcast coming up pretty soon. We'll be going over the fifth rounders this time. Uh, Keith Ismail, center out of San Diego State, and uh, Kalik Hudson, linebacker out of Michigan. Uh, so we'll be going over that next. Until that time, though, uh, peace out. Have a good night.